one, two, three into the four. What is up, my friends? Today is Friday, January 13th. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> and this is season two, episode 19, and episode 30 in total of Nothing But a Foot Thing. The show brought to you by three friends in the fuck community, just like yourselves. I am your host, Kevin. However, I am not alone today. Joining me are my two co-hosts, John. What's good, everybody? And Martin. Yo, what's up? Yeah, so brand new brand new promo team, Foot Centurions. Team 2 is here, and really, I think it's just holding us off until all the hype finally crescendos into this team of the year thing that's coming here. And we're getting super excited, so we're going to talk about our alternative team of the year midfield. So um, on the midweek episode, the guys are talking about an alternative team of the year defense. So we're going to explain what that means, and we're going to get into our alternative team of the year midfield as well later on in the show. Along with that, we also got a new patch, so we're going to talk about the new gameplay. Apparently, tacklebacks have been fixed, so we'll talk about that. I don't know. Have tacklebacks been fixed? I'll ask you guys later on, as well as a ton of questions that you guys sent in. But now, as we, as we like to say, we're going to get into the actual... <laughs> yeah. So now, as, as we like to say, we're going to get into the actual FIFA content. So I'm going to hand it over here to John, and he's going to take us through some of what we got today. And maybe we're going to play a little game here as well that we've been uh, liking to play in the past few weeks. All right. Yes, we got Centurions Team 2, the last team, the last promo before everyone's favorite promo, and in my honest opinion, Team of the Year definitely is my favorite promo of the year because it's just the most juiced cards way ahead of the power curve. We got Centurions Team 2 and kind of some mixed reactions on it. So we've got, again, I think kind of how most promos have gone. You've got a handful of really good and usable players that everyone's desires to have in their team. And then you've got the, like probably that the last two thirds, the last, you know, 60% maybe of cards that people are like, eh, they might throw them in their team if they need chemistry for the card or for another card. But otherwise most people aren't touching these. So um, let's play our favorite game. Instead of fuck, Mary kill again, we're going to do, Try, trust, and trash in the respective fuck, marry, kill categories. So um, how about you, Martin? Which one of these cards are you dying to try out? Um, I'd have to go with uh, Zlatan, you know, just to see how he feels in game and 90 pace, 91 shooting, 90 physicals, great dribbling. I bet he's a monster. Uh, too bad he's extinct. But I'd definitely like to try him out for like a weekend and see how the card feels like and then maybe decide if I can take it to a more serious level, you know? Right. How about you, Kevin? Yeah, and I love how even though we've we've changed the name, it's no longer Fuck, Mary Kill. We're still just making all these references to taking things to the next level and everything. <laughs> love it, man. <laughs> Uh, for for myself, it's going to have to be... Uh, I want to test out Marco Royce, man. So another one that could have got the five-star skills, uh, like like you guys mentioned for Fred, uh, would have been really cool. Um, also probably one I might want to marry to the club, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I've used Bundesliga links for a while now, and I kind of want to move away from that. So I would like to test them, though. I'd like to get one last... I, I'm sure we'll get more, Mar more Marco Royce cards in the future, but... Um, just want to use him again, man. He, it's Royce, right? The vibes are just immaculate. Like I was mentioning from FIFA 17, our favorite cover star as well. So, yeah, that's that's the one for me, man. Uh, how about you, John? Yeah, I was thinking maybe most Salah, but 
currently I see he's at 3 million and I used his 92 card who I think I bought for like 600 K or around that at the time. And he was really good, but you know, I wouldn't say necessarily worth keeping those coins in that card. So uh, I guess most Salah, if I had to pick one, I think Marco Royce probably would, would have been my choice too, because Royce is just such a legend and obviously has really good foot cards in previous years. So probably Mo or Royce, but definitely wouldn't pay that $3 million for for Mo Salah. So um, especially with team of the year around the corner. I know our boys Laton is 3.8 mil extinct right now. And I, I don't know, you got to be out of your fucking mind to spend that kind of coinage with team of the year around the corner. But um, let's go ahead with you, Martin. Which cards are you going to trust in your starting lineup for a long time? And maybe you'd love to get untradeable here. Um, I'm going to have to go with a couple. Sorry. Uh, it's just that I can't decide whether I want to choose Fred or Sele Makers. I don't know. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But um, yeah, both could do a really good job. Well, Fred, obviously, uh, he's a midfielder. And uh, his cards are usually really nice in game. You know, short and lean body type. Good defending, great passing, great dribbling, good good enough pace. And the other one is Zellemakers because, you know, it's um, he's got the work rates high, high, and he's got good enough defensive stats to be able to put on a shift in midfield. And, yeah, I got some Serie A links now that I can work with. So those would be... Two cards that I would love to get untradeable. I don't know if I will because I'm not going to open any packs, but maybe from an upgrade or something. How about you, Kevin? Um, so for me, Verratti, man. It's just one of these with... Uh, so it's interesting. This is something we had mentioned in the past. So um, right now, there we've gotten two cards actually right now that have... Uh, high defensive and medium attacking in midfield. So this is something that I know that we had mentioned in the past that we like on cards and something that they haven't, um, I don't know, in recent in recent years, or at least last year, EA towards the back end of the year was starting to upgrade guys at high defensive and medium attacking to high high, which isn't really an upgrade if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for like a pure CDM. So they've also given Declan Rice as well, which is nice that he has those work rates, but yeah, so for me, Verratti, and he also provides the links, and plus, if you used Rule Breakers Verratti, he was crazy. Mm -hmm. Flashback Verratti, he was crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know if this card is that card, because I used Conte this year, and I didn't like him too much, but also, um, it's either way, the vibes are just immaculate. Again, not to be uh, sound like a broken record here, but I want players that I really like in real life, and Verratti is one of those, and it's just a cool card to use. So, we're going to go Verratti. I am going to jump in and steal my guy's Laton because nobody else can have him. I want him married to my club and nobody else. My goat, my king, my god, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, just what a card. He got the 90-plus pace, or I guess 90 pace, just like his Winter Wild card last year, and the price shows that. I, like I was telling the guys before, I always underestimate the hype behind Zlatan cards. I... Saw the leaks come out for the winter wild card one last year. I saved up my coins. I sold off the club. I had like 1.5 mil in the bank thinking, oh, yeah, that's that's going to get me Zlatan easy. And he was like 3 mil, 
I think 2.5, 2.8 went extinct around that price point too. And I finally uh, like sold everything, some more, did some trading throughout the week and bought one at like 2.2 or 2.3 or something like that million and finally was able to try them. But yeah, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, it, it's really tempting for me to open packs just to get him. But I know, you know, as you see that he's been extinct at 3.8 mil. So I don't think the supply on him is going to be that good. So we'll probably, we'll probably resist. So, all right, now for the unsavory part here. We are going to throw some of these cards in the garbage bin. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Which one of these aren't you touching? Yeah, for me, um, it's going to have to be uh, that Christian Stuani. So our boy Brivet, he pointed out that this guy already has an 85 rated special card. So what the fuck is the point, man? And this one isn't even lengthy. The last one was lengthy. So this one is controlled. So there you go. I don't know. Sorry, Christian Stuani. I'm sure uh, you're a legend to... Uh, Uruguay fans and to fans of um, Girona, but yeah, man, you're going in the bin. So, how about you, Martin? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Dusan Tadic, um, just because of the fact that I have no um, Erdivisa links and I have no Serbian cards in my team, so that would be um, a case of changing the whole squad just to get him in and I'm not going to do that also for a left winger his um, pace is just not good enough although he has crazy passing and I'm sure that he's not the appropriate um, guy to play left wing he could be a good cam but there are better options out there so yeah if I get Tadic then I'll probably dump him into an SPC or something how about you, John? Yeah. yeah, there's several of these cards that you're, you're not going to want to touch. And like we were saying before, it's it's going to make your team of the year pack save for sure a lot easier unless you have, you know, an affinity to one of these cards like myself does Laton. But even then, you know, the pack weight's super duper bad and you're not going to pack them. So please just hold your packs, everybody. Um but yeah, I think maybe if I had to pick one, Iago Aspas or Anthony Lopez, Iago Aspas, 87 pace. You know, you're going to want a pace merchant up top. Uh, he's normally got decent cards whenever he gets like promo cards, but just that pace alone, it's like, no, I'm not going to touch that card. And then Anthony Lopez, uh, you know, Portuguese links, I guess, league on links are nice. He's got 82 reactions, which is... I think decent for a goalkeeper, but he's only six foot. Um, I like them big boys in goal, like Courtois, Donnarumma, etc. So, not gonna really think about touching those cards. So, but that'll do it. And also with this team, we got an objective Berardi card, which I think looks interesting. That could be one we look to complete. Maybe has the five star skills. Um, I think he has like ninety five aggression or something like that. Medium, medium, but I don't think that necessarily, I don't think work rates necessarily are end all be all this year. So that could be a very fun one to try for free if you're a skiller. I know uh, Sean before this was saying he was going to take a look or was completing him and going to use him in a new RTG team he was starting up. And then also Declan Rice, the midfielder, the uh, CDM from West Ham, English player, looks really good, I think. Um, I haven't checked his price yet. Um, if one of you guys wants to jump in and tell me, but he's medium high, 6'1", good like reactions, which I like for my CDM to have. So decent size, good defensive 
You could link him up with Trent or Trippier or Pope. Or lots Tavernier. Of, <laughs> Tavernier, yeah. Yeah, or, or Ryan Kent. So there are no shortage of English links right now. And I think he looks pretty good. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think yeah, so too. Um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to jump in about the price real quick. It's an 85, an 84, and an 83. So it's also not hard to grind the fodder since you don't have to pack anything super high rated. So sorry, go ahead, Martin. Yeah, I think doing upgrades, uh, doing the 80 plus, you have a really good chance of completing this SBC for free, basically, or for the fodder that you pack. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, um, he looks like a really good uh, CDM. Um, I used Palina for a long time, and he's kind of a big guy. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to look into this. And since I packed um, Trent last week from an upgrade pack, um, it makes sense. So, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to do him, uh, do Declan Rice during the week and use him in my team. Oh, yeah. I think I think that's definitely a player, if you just started a new account, that could just kind of man your midfield and, and be a really solid rock at the at the back, maybe as a lone CDM or something like that. I think he's even got enough uh, stats around him to play in a two-man midfield, too. So, um, And really, Declan Rice always kind of has sneakily good cards. They're not sexy. Nobody goes out and desires these cards. But his team of the season one last year was pretty good whenever you came up against it. And I think he had a foot birthday card last year, too, that a lot of people went crazy for because one of the sections was called Rice, Rice, Baby. But I still <laughs> thought the card was shit, so I didn't really care. Um, but yeah, so that that's the promo. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he looks good. So definitely, like like Kevin said, if you're grinding fodder, if you're grinding league SBCs, upgrade packs, all that good stuff, that is a great place to throw your dupes. And you're going to get a really solid card, too, from that. Um, but yeah, and then also just to mention player of the month, Odegaard, I don't know if anyone here is going to do him, but just to mention him, he got his player of the month card, looks decent, has a three-star weak foot upgrade now, but like Martin says, uh, we don't trust the Arsenal fans here, nah. uh, so we won't talk about him very much. <laughs> let's, not, let's not hurt their feelings. I'm not going to talk about Odegaard today. <laughs> although, although, although he did destroy me yesterday, so... I, I think that was karma, you know? <laughs> but moving on, I think that's pretty much all that has happened with Centurions, uh, the SVCs, Objectives team. Now we are going to go into our alternate team of the year, which we started on, was that Tuesday? I think the episode came out Wednesday. We went over the goalkeepers, the defenders, and all of that good stuff. And, and, and just so you guys can have your say, um, maybe you guys want to give us your uh, defensive guys. I think our main consensus goalkeeper and defenders were Courtois, Teo Hernandez, Eder Militel, Virgil van Dijk, and who was the right back? Hakimi, maybe? Yeah, Hakimi. Hakimi, yeah. I think Hakimi was, so. Kevin, yeah. Martin, which one, which one uh, defenders would you like to shout out? Yeah, I guess uh, for me, I mean, uh, I Cancelo for sure. Yeah, Cancelo's one of those ones that could be in the main team even, right? So mm -hmm. uh, he's like right, he's like right on. You know, like if we had three, four, yeah, because yeah. So if we if we're saying Teo makes it in and Hakimi makes it in, then Cancelo they got to give it to Cancelo for the last one. Also, special mention to Josco Gvardiol. 
don't watch. I watch. I watch Bundesliga a bit, but I don't watch uh, uh, Leipzig, uh, admittedly, that much. But um, but yeah, um, he was amazing at the World Cup too, and apparently he's a baller. So we're gonna go with Jasko Gvardiol. Plus, he had this the sexy mask on his card, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Cancelo for sure. I think he he was even better than Hakimi for me last year. So. But that's a personal opinion. Don't don't take it. Uh, don't take this the wrong way. But yeah, Cancelo for me, yeah, is superior to Hakimi. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll that'll be our. I wanted you guys to have your say just in case you were dying to talk about any of them. So maybe we'll do that. Just shout out an attacker or two that uh, you guys are going to do on the midweek show um, after we talk about the midfield. So I think we were talking on WhatsApp last night who kind of our consensus midfield three were. I think KDB and Modric are, I don't want to say locks, but I think look to be heavy favorites to get into the team. And then for the third spot, since you vote in a 4-3-3, uh, we're going to give it to Valverde. He had a really strong start to this year, just absolutely on fire for Real Madrid. Was a starter in the team that won the Champions League last year. And just an all all around crazy good player. So that was our midfield three. So uh, let's start with maybe you, Martin. Um, maybe give us a, a midfielder or two, or maybe even three if you want to put a whole midfield together, and uh, tell us who you think maybe even deserves to be in over these guys, or do you think is like just a step below those guys and deserving in a spot in the team of the year midfield? I think uh, for me, it's uh, Casemiro. And uh, Jude, I think those two guys are like a tiny, tiny step away from cracking the main team. And I think both of them are class. And yeah, Casemiro has proven to be a great player moving from uh, Real Madrid to Manchester United and, you know, making a real difference to the team. And also uh, last year, he was key uh, for Real Madrid as well. So I think Casemiro, if he's not in the main team, then he's very, very close to being there. What about you, Kev? Yeah, so for me, um, you, if you guys have heard me talk before, I, I, I love the Dortmund boys. So we got to go with our man Jude, Mr. Hero Ball himself. He just takes over the game and just, you know, kills it. So Jude Bellingham, 100%. He was amazing at the World Cup. Um, Amazing for Dortmund as well, and um, yeah, so also a quick shout out to Rodri as well. He's kind of like that metronome in the center of midfield, and one of the more underrated players, I think, of the past few years. So Rodri from Man City, and not to give too much love to Man City, but if I'm going to have to round out a a midfield three, we're also going to put Bernardo Silva in there. Um, I think he had 20 goals and assists last season, so not too bad, especially from a position where he's really just... um, it's not his role to be getting goals and assists, right? So the guy, he just, and if you watch him, I think out of, you could make the case that he is probably the smoothest player on the ball, like as in real life left sticking. I know that (laughs) he's not left sticking, but you know, (laughs) he has the best IRL left stick. So in my opinion, anyways. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, so that would be my midfield three. And then also a special shout out to Ruz Bicheshmi. He's a, naturally a center back but he came on in the midfield against wales and scored an absolute banger the latest winner in world cup history scoring a banger in the 98th minute so there you are uh who <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not i'm not gonna bite not gonna bite 
<laughs> in all seriousness, no. Wales fans remember. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's, that leaves me. I think Casemiro, I think, just misses out on it for me, too. Um, I just picked Valverde because he's just been absolutely atomic to the start of the year, just scoring goals for Real Madrid. But yeah, Casemiro, you see how important he is or how important he was for the Real Madrid midfield and over the years and also was a starter on that Champions League winning team and, and played very well for Brazil and is now, now that he's getting regular minutes at United, you see the impact he's making, you know, controlling the midfield and even scoring goals. So uh, just just a winner. That's all you can really say about the man. Just a winner, an absolute ultimate competitor. And I think if, if you didn't give the 12th man to Erling or maybe Vinicius, I think Casemiro would probably be my 12th man. So uh, if I had to pick another one, I think Jude Bellingham for sure. What a beast. Had a great year for Dortmund, a great World Cup. Uh, I think you guys pretty much said that all that all that needs to be said about the guy. He's probably one of the most, if not the most, gifted and well-rounded midfielders in the world right now. And uh, I think he's. I, don't, I didn't put him in the vote and didn't really consider him in the vote, but he would be in my alternate alternate team of the year. And then a guy uh, I wish Liverpool would would have signed. I know he's been linked with them. Uh, Nico Barella from Inter Milan. Uh, what a, what a player, just an insanely good all-around, again, midfielder. Does it all for Inter Milan, scores goals, creates for others, uh, moves around the pitch and creates for others. Just a really good underrated footballer. And I think if he moves from Inter, I think someone's going to get a good good bargain for him. I don't, know, I don't know what his price tag or anything like that's rumored to be, but uh, he could be one to look out for in the future, like in a future move to a, a newer club. And I think he would do really well. Um, he, he is doing well for Inter Milan, but I think he could do even better for maybe a better team. So that would be my midfield three. And uh, I know there was some controversy on the last podcast around Kareem Benzema. Oh. Um, so um, I know Martin said he would like to address the situation. So, Martin, I don't know if you're going to – are you going to be on the midweek episode? I don't know if you want to face the man, JP, yourself, or do you want to address address the Benzema slander right now? I don't know, man. I don't even know if JP is going to be on the midweek show. <laughs> That's true. He uh, he might be on suspension. <laughs> nah, just kidding, JP. I love you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be on the show or not, but, um, yeah, Benzema, you know – he was the best player in the Champions League winning team. He was absolutely key in making those historic comebacks. And he also scored a shit ton of goals along the way, both in La Liga, Champions League. He also played pretty well for France, you know, in the, the Nations League, etc. So, and yeah, I know JP doesn't consider the Ballon d'Or to be a real award. But I do, so it's only logical for me to have the Ballon d'Or winner in the team of the year. So, yeah, Benzema and, yeah, Messi, you know, he's the winner of the World Cup. He was the boss of that team. He just, you know, played like a champion, um, took the title that he wanted, and, uh, yeah, Messi has to be in. And, yeah, Mbappe... We know he's going to be there. He's the cover boy of 
of this year's FIFA and previous FIFAs as well. So yeah, those front three, I think, are a lock. And I don't know, man. I'm torn between um, Holland and Vinicius. I think Holland is gonna gonna be my my pick for, if not twelfth man, maybe an alternative um, team of the year. Nice. All right, all right, Kevin. I know you were kind of. I don't know if you were as slanderous as JP, but you certainly um, left Benzema out of your vote. So maybe maybe you can respond to Martin there, or have you changed your mind? Since I know we had a vigorous, lengthy debate on our Discord yesterday about it. No, so I, I haven't changed my mind. So my, my thing is, uh, if Benzema is a shoe-in to the team of the year, I definitely don't have a case to take him out of it, if that makes sense. So um, to me, he would be the fourth, like if I were to pick four. So given that he's in the top four anyways, I definitely don't have a... I'm not going to make the case to pull him out of the top three, right? So he would get in either way in the 12th man vote anyway. So I'm, I'm not going to die on no hill of trying to get... Benzema out of this team. He did win the Champions League. He did. He did finish in the top ten for goals and assists in um, the calendar year last year. Uh, I believe he was ninth. So, yeah, definitely no case to take him out. And um, clearly played a very crucial role in the Champions League winning side. Um, I would also give a special nod to Vinicius Junior because to me he was just absolutely special in that Real Madrid team last year. And like you mentioned, Martin, in those very historic comebacks, Vinicius just looked amazing and. Honestly, he looked like a player I didn't expect him to look like. To me, I, and I think uh, a lot of, I've seen a lot of Real Madrid fans say this uh, previously, that he might not be a player that has end product, for example, that he might just be all flash with no finish at the end of it. But my God, he has turned into something special. And he's, uh, all of us saw it. He scored against us in the Champions League final. So uh, there you are. So uh, Vinicius definitely gets a special nod from me. So um, yeah, I, I know... Um, JP made the said something about oh you can make a case for Medi Tarami to get in I I don't know about that man if there was like a seventh eighth man then maybe but yeah um, but special nod to him anyways because he did something special for Porto so no yeah I think so too and I, I think I mentioned it I don't know if it was in Discord or whatever but if Darwin Nunez deserves to get into the vote Medi Tarami deserves to get into the vote exactly. so I'm, I mean Darwin hasn't really lit it up for Liverpool this year. While as Medi Taremi has lit it up for Porto in the Champions League. So obviously a very good player, scored statistically scored as many goals and assists as some of the big boys that are getting recognition. So I, I certainly feel like he deserves to be in the vote. I know Kevin Biasley might put him in put him in the vote just to have him in just to have him in there and use him. But um, certainly deserves consideration, absolutely. But for me, um, those are my three. Like Sean was just saying, I, I think people forget how special Benzema was in the Champions League last year. You know, he scored big goals. He, like, did – I, I want to compare him to, like, Bobby Firmino. He did things that you don't – that don't show up on the stat sheet. And he did things that do show up, show up on the stat sheet. So, just, just for me, the, just the year he had and the type of player he showed to be last year and – even in bits and pieces, I know he's been injured this year, but I still think he's shown quality this year too. So 100%, the Ballon d'Or winner deserves to be in. Um, and I won't talk about it anymore unless unless we're, unless it gets brought up on Discord again. So, um, But yeah, I think um, you guys mentioned Vinicius and Erling Holland. Those two, I think Erling deserves the 12th vote just for how he's absolutely made a joke of the Premier League this year, to be honest. 
and um, played very, very well when he came on at the end of the year for Dortmund, too. Um, we all know the type of player he is, his talent. Yep, Vinicius, yep. Killed it for Real Madrid last year. Has the stats to back it up, too, now. And then I think Rafa Leal, I think he would probably be my third one. Serie A player of the year. Had a really good World Cup, even though he didn't start. I thought he should have started uh, just from how he looked when he came on. But that would be my third. So not spending too much time on it. I'm sure they're going to spend um, a lot more time on it um, in the midweek episode when they can deep dive into it. But just wanted to uh, get our say in in case we're not able to uh, defend ourselves or um, talk about it at all in, in the next coming episode. So, but yeah, um, now over to Kevin. We did get some, I don't know if you want to call it a patch. I guess you would call it a patch. Uh, a bunch of uh, big gameplay updates. So, Kevin, um, did you want to lead us through that? Yeah, so we got um, a new set of patch notes from EA. So a new patch came in from them. So if you load in on the loading screen, you'll have seen this most likely. Um, basically, the gist of it is uh, these are the things that are fixed. So they fixed, apparently, the ball bouncing back to attackers after a defender makes a tackle. So they have fixed tackle backs. We're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, now, also, they say some players maintain the ball better under pressure which I don't know how I feel about that. I felt like players are writing every tackle anyways. Uh, don't know if you guys noticed the difference, but we'll talk about that also. Stamina decay decreased by 11.7% for some pressing tactics. Uh, more accurate passes against pressing tactics as well. So uh, all of you guys, I think, have gotten to some gameplay. Yeah, I've played like seven games since the patch is out. And I'm not gonna base I'm not gonna base my opinion only on the fact that I've lost six of those seven games. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the way the patch changed the game, it's just benefited more the the drop back, the more passive defending uh, type of players, you know. Counter-attacking has become much easier with the over-the-top through balls if you just sit deep and if, like in my case, you play kind of a high line with a little bit of pressing on, then you're very exposed, I think. I've, I've felt exposed. Uh, my, my, def my defenders are moving in a strange way, I don't know, leaving open gaps that they didn't leave open uh, before. And yeah, I just feel a little bit lost and I have to agree with Sean. They've actually made the game worse. I don't think a patch was necessary, but it is what it is, you know? Um, it is what it is. And I think once I've realized how to adjust to these changes, then I might enjoy the game again. But as it stands, I'm not enjoying it at all. I think, yeah, I'm going to play Weekend League just to see if I can get it out of my system and just figure out how to play this game again. But I don't know. I, I haven't noticed anything about the tacklebacks uh, being fixed. Those are still in the game. Um, and... Yeah, about the pressure, holding up the ball and stuff. I don't know, because I haven't paid attention to those details. How about you guys? 
Uh, yeah, I've played. I think I've played ten weekend league games, or not. I think maybe nine. Um, and yeah, it's it's really difficult to defend now. Like I think Brivet was saying, his players were parting like the Red Sea, and you definitely get some of that action. I know. I think my two out of my first three games, I felt like I was clearly better than my opponent, but my defenders just weren't defending, to be honest. And I had to claw back. I know one game I went down 3-0 and I won it in the 90th minute. And then another one, I think my opponent scored two quick goals. And then I finally uh, learned how to defend or something or just got my head out of my ass, but did that. And yeah, I think Martin, you mentioned it in the discord and I am going to echo it. I think this is just going to promote drop back low depth because of the way the defenders are acting currently after the new patch. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, there's still plenty of more gameplay to be had to, de- to decide for sure. But that is just my initial reaction of it. And I'm thinking about taking off pressure after possession loss because you are a little bit more exposed and maybe just going back to balanced. I don't want to play drop back or, or low depth. I, I think that would just take too much fun out of the game for it for myself. So maybe just go on balanced, and then when the situation arises, maybe just manually team press on the D-pad or something. But, yeah, those are my initial thoughts. And the tacklebacks, they haven't gone away. I mean, that's shocking to say, really. <laughs> no, it's not because, I again, um, when whenever this gets brought up, I'm just, I've just accepted they're going to be part of the game now and just got to live with it, live with the bullshit like we, like we say. So... I don't know, Kevin, have you had any experience in this new uh, game after the patch? Yeah, so um, so I, ha- I did get into a little bit of gameplay. Um, uh, yeah, gameplay went pretty well. I-, I won all my games, had a great time. Which is how it tends to be, right? When you get the wins, things, things seem to be going well when the exactly. bounces are going, going your favor. And I, I did notice. I- so I beat some guy last night. I was trying to test out Ryan Kent. and Because, um, yeah, I... I saw some of your guys' concerns about his stats as well. You know, they're not the best. And I thought, man, he, he does he have the openness? It's Ryan Kent. Does he have the openness? So we took him in and he oh yeah, he has the openness. So the all the bullshit that you guys were talking about was all going in my favor with Ryan Kent up top. So if Yeah, so if you want all the bullshit to go in your favor, you d- you just need to get yourself Ryan Kent for an eighty two rated squad and uh, all these issues you're having are gonna start working out in your favor. So um no, but seriously, so I had a very small sample size, and uh, we all know how inconsistent this gameplay is. Some days it's excellent, there's no problem. Other days it's like, what am I even playing? This game must have been made like in 2003, and they're trying to run it uh, you know, with modern day speeds and everything, right? I don't know, but it's just uh, uh, all over the place at times. But So I will say that last night I had a very uh, relatively decent experience with tons of bullshit going in my favor, so... Um, not looking forward to this weekend is what it means because I know that that very easily could be in the next game going against me and will likely be going against me. So, um, yeah, very concerning in that sense because I noticed what you guys were talking about uh, that you said was mentioned, the parting of the Red Sea. This is something that sometimes happens late on in like weird gameplay situations like in the 45th minute and the 90th minute. But it um, seems like those gameplay DDA. situations... Yeah, the DDA, right? These situations seem to be happening. I mean, I don't know if they're just happening more often. It's just maybe a little too early to like completely shit on it. But obviously, I think 
a lot of people on, in the Twitter community, at least that I've seen, are not big fans of the patch. Um, I, I, I think everyone here, but Kevin, maybe, maybe, and Kevin still has time to get fucked by it. So yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah. It, it is early, and yeah, I, I'm gonna give it the rest of my weekend league, and maybe some rivals game next week before I make too many judgments, but. Um, I think with those adjustments I make, maybe switching to balance or something like that, maybe that helps. But, yeah, we'll see. So um, for those of you playing the 4-3-3-5, do you think this is the end of it? Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> actually, sorry, to jump in real quick. So this actually could lead us into our very first question, Martin. You're just uh, uh, like JP. You're the master of segues. So. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> So we did get a question in that is asking basically what you're saying. So I'm going to read out this question and then you guys can answer it because it's basically what you're asking. So this one came in from foot underscore AST, our friend Andrew. Um, Andrew says, so I have a question. I believe you are all using the 4-3-3 uh, bracket 5, the one with the center forward. Press after possession loss. Is it still effective for you? Unfortunately, I moved away from it as I've just been roasted on defense and counterattacks and my attacking wasn't as elite as I wanted. How important do you think speed and agility is on your center backs? I guess that's a separate question. Or par- partially part of this. Maybe. I don't know. So um, let me ask you first, Martin, since you actually asked this to us, I want to see- hear your thoughts first. Uh, I don't know, man. I was having the time of my life last week playing the formation and, you know, winning games, playing good FIFA, having fun. And since yesterday, I don't, I can't make it work, man. I just feel too exposed. I feel like, um, yeah, my, I'm, I'm too easy to, to counter. And yeah, that said, it might have to do uh, with the fact that I'm playing uh, press after possession loss. And if you don't recover the ball quickly or you don't um, succeed in the tackle, then of course you're going to be exposed. Um, that said, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I'm going to try out balanced, like John was saying, or maybe try to move to something a little bit more stable in defense. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think it's, it's not the Friday is not the day to make any changes. So I'm just going to ride it out with what I have right now and reevaluate things after the weekend and if it doesn't go well or I don't feel like I'm using the formation effectively anymore, then I might switch to something else. But we'll have to see. Yeah, and, and I've been playing the same formation as you, Martin, the four three three five with the updated tactics and some of the same players too. I know we both use Angel Di Maria in that floating LCM role. And yeah, I I think it's I think the attacking options are still there. I don't I don't have any qualms with that or or issues or changes that the patch has done to that. I still feel like I'm getting plenty of goal scoring chances out of it like I was before and all that good stuff. But yeah, maybe there are some updates that need to be made. Maybe we need JP to come out like with most people, the most meta insane post patch tactics. And post them on YouTube like all the other content creators do, even though it's they post them like hours after the patch. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I think I think again, it's just adjustments maybe needed. Um, again, I think Martin has the right idea of let's just steamroll through this weekend league, maybe see what the faults are in the formation, 
and then make our adjustments from there and trying to get our three to eight rivals wins. So um, maybe maybe do that, or, or if if we can't figure anything out, maybe it is time to switch it up to something more stable to accommodate the new patch. But yeah, that's that's kind of my thinking of it. Yeah, so um, I'm interested to see how that is because yeah, so I do the four three three five right, and I do it with JP's setup, and I'm pretty sure he has fifty fifty six depth. It's like some random number on mid fifties. So I think like 56 depth or something, right? So hopefully that'll be good enough because like you said, Tron, uh, 50 depth is enough. I'm someone that on my main tactic, I have like 80 something, like 80 plus depth. So yeah, I, I, I'm hopefully that's not an issue, but I'm also one of these people. I don't know if uh, you guys ever encountered these. Uh, like when, when I'm about to get countered, I just right stick switch all the way back to one of my center backs and just fucking book it straight back towards my goal every single mm-hmm. time. So usually I'm okay um, as long as I keep repeating in my head. Don't get through ball. Don't get through ball. I eventually, you know, I'm then I get uh, disciplined and I drag my guy back. So um, I don't know. I guess to be determined. To be determined whether or not it works. I don't know, Andrew, but definitely I will get back to you throughout the week. You know, I will message you at some point this week talking about my gameplay. So yeah. I um, also he he mentioned how important uh, speed agility is on your center backs. Um, Pace, pace is number one for me on center backs, like a thousand percent. Pace is like the big thing, and I see you guys all nodding your head. Um, yeah, is, is agility as important? I I don't know. Um, I think it's a it's nice not, bonus. Exactly, I'll say it's yeah, it's not end all be all, but it is super nice to have like dribbling out of pressure, and, and especially like having a good weak foot too is is nice. But I do like to combine. I, I do like to have a combination of felt like uh, Bayi lost a little bit of his sauce post-patch. I don't know if it's just me sucking at the game post-patch. But yeah, I like to have a combination of two, like one more agile center back maybe and a little bit of a tank next to him. I don't know. Just kind of makes me feel safe, I think. <laughs> yeah no i get it because you have the guy swinging around on the cover right yeah. to help out your big guy but also just something about Bai. perhaps now that the sp you know perhaps they've just taken out some of the sauce you know they've de-juiced him it could yeah. be <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah. just yeah. suck the juice out of him you know exactly man typical <laughs> <laughs> yay you know fucking yay no but but yeah, no, uh, I do. I do remember it. I, I, I don't know where I saw this blurb of text or where I heard this, but I guess that defensive awareness um, directly plays into how agile your players are in the, in the jockey. So like, if you're jockeying with the center back and they seem to be like swiveling back and forth smoothly, it it is directly related to the defensive awareness stat apparently. So um, actually, I want to say it was on. I don't want to get it wrong actually. So I don't want to. I don't want to get it wrong. But someone said it. So. Um, yeah, so we did get another question now, guys. This one is from uh, our friend Nick Watanabe. So Nick says, um, question for the podcast. What does everyone do with their first touch? I see so many different theories. Would love to hear a discussion. Also, first touch in midfield versus first, first touch in the box could be different as well. So uh, I guess, yeah, for me in the midfield, um, I tend to, if I don't have open space in front of me, take a touch backwards. Um, just because my opponent, I feel a lot of the time is expecting me to charge forward. So, and then along with you, Sean, I think LT a lot of the times too, if I am under pressure and then in the box, probably either a micro touch on my 
um, left stick for if I want to, if I have a defender one-on-one isolated, I like to take a little micro touch one way and then go back to the way I want to shoot and then take, take a, a, a normal dribble towards the way I want to shoot. And then I shoot. So I think that's kind of been my bread and butter. Um, I know, I think Neil guides calls it the Neil guide shimmy, but nah, fuck that. I was doing that before you, Neil. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's the, uh, foot deputy. Oh, sorry. I mean, the, the John Bridges shimmy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> If my opponent, like say I play the ball into Angel Di Maria, my opponent is expecting me to go onto his left foot. So I'll maybe take the micro touch over to his left foot and then come back because he does have a four-star weak foot. And then I'd feel confident enough because I'll have the space to shoot with his four-star weak foot. So that's kind of me. I do scoop turn a lot if I feel like um, I have the angle and need that extra bit of speed boost. I think those are very effective. That's why I kind of I think four-star skill moves is kind of the cutoff for me for like my attackers. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. What about you, Kevin? Um, yeah. So for myself, it really it really depends on I guess the situation. So I in midfield, for example, I'm much more likely to take a less aggressive touch. Right? I might just uh, you know, try and play try and angle myself into my next pass that I see. You know, whatever I'm planning. Um, but I think more interestingly in the final third, I'll try to do things differently. So sometimes I'll intentionally hold the, the sprint button. Like, so if I know I want a heavy touch, I'll be holding sprint as I get it. And sometimes you can move past the player that perhaps expecting you to be a little more static there. Um, also with my back to goal, like uh, you do, Sean, I'll hit him with the, you know, if I have my back to goal, I'll hit him with a little scoop turn right or left. Um, sometimes uh, the running scoop turn, preferably with the five-star skillers. Um, if I don't have the five-star skills, sometimes I'll try and make a, uh, like what you mentioned, John, a little micro movement to one side or the other. Usually either the defender will bite for it. They'll bite and come, you know, try and meet you or they won't and they'll just let you have it. In which case you could just blow by them. If they do come to meet you, a lot of the times you could wiggle back and have space going back the other way, especially if you can combine it with some other skill. So I guess it really depends. Um, I guess one thing I do with every first touch is if I'm not going to immediately one time pass it or one time shoot it, I always take my first touch in the direction of whatever I'm about to do, if possible. So, you know, if I'm going to, I'm trying to move out towards the, let's say the right wing, I'll, you know, intentionally try to uh, face myself in a way that that um, becomes an easier option. So that, because, you know, it's hard sometimes to gather speed in this game, you know, you kind of need to get going, right? You can't just be turning off and be at a hundred percent full speed. So try and be deliberate with your movements in the sense that, you know, you want to be, um, you want to set yourself up for success in that way. If you're doing a 360 no scope pass, Chances are the pass has a way higher chance of not succeeding, right? So, um, Martin, uh, your ex- <laughs> yeah, Martin, uh, how about you, man? How are your experiences uh, with this? What are you doing, by the way? Um, like John said, I I think mostly take a touch backwards. You know, give myself some space to maybe dribble or find a passing option. And what I like to do when I'm uh, receiving a ball uh, down the wing, and let's say I have uh, Jairzinho or Politano or whoever, <clears throat> then I just try to turn quickly. You know, sometimes they would just uh, miss the tackle, and then I'm 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 through. You know, um, the scoop turn is really good. I don't use it that often because ah, I'm I'm not that I'm not at that level, but 
I do it sometimes and it's very, very effective. Um, yeah, those, those would have to be my moves. I think that's what I do mostly. Yeah. Nice man. Yeah. Nice. And, um, also just, uh, real quick for Nick, um, since, uh, since we're on your question anyways, we just want to give a quick shout out to Nick cause, uh, we promised you we'd do it, and you're a good friend of ours, and also a great writer. So you should definitely go check out Nick. He has a he has a blog. We did um we did let me see how many days back it was. We did post something with this, yeah. So we retweeted this two days ago. So you can go find his blog with an article called "Get the Fuck Out of Manchester." So kind of interesting, definitely worth reading. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Uh, a good friend of the podcast. Um, yeah, but um. Uh, do we have time for any more questions? I know you have to run. Uh, do you want to take one more? Yeah, we can take a quick one. All right, let's do let's do one more again. So, um, so this one is from our friend Shack Attack, and also can be heard on the Foot and Review podcast. So you can definitely check them out. So he Shack Attack says, "Do you guys prefer sticking to a team and to get better familiarized with various players and get better results, or do you prefer constantly changing slash upgrading your team as that gives you better results? Could be more fun." I am a strong proponent of not changing what isn't broken, and I do enjoy knowing my players. I tend to not change too often, certainly do not do wholesale changes. I like to stick with a base, you know, have have uh, my players, you know, regularly, and uh, I do change sometimes certain players when they fit into my team. But I don't think it's that good of an idea to just constantly change up everything. Not only do you lose coins along the way, but I do think that getting familiar with certain players, how they uh, make their runs, how they take their touches, their shooting, their defending, etc., is really important if you want to have um, regular success, which... I'm not saying I'm successful. I'm successful because I enjoy the game. So um, I think um, sticking to a team is, for me, the better option. I do like to make some changes, but only if they don't imply um, changing up the whole squad, you know, to get one player in. And, uh, yeah, I think this this uh, new chemistry system um, has made it more difficult to make uh, any drastic changes to the team. And uh, if you want to do any big changes, then you have to change not only one, but maybe two or three other players. Because, um, yeah, I don't like to play on, on anything uh, other than maybe 31 chem. So, yeah, I stick with my, my guys. I... I win and I die with them. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a mix. I, I do like to try out players every week, maybe like a handful, two or three. But yeah, definitely keep things more consistent, especially with midfielders and defenders. I feel like you need a lot of stability and reliability in those areas. And also just attackers are just more fun to try out um, if you're trying out new players. So that's basically what I do. I, I definitely think it is very important to know how players move and feel what can you, what you can and can't expect your players to do. You know, you, you're not going to expect Tonali to do anything more than just be kind of a rock defensive midfielder. I think he does have stats to be, I, that's kind of a bad example, maybe like Paulinha or somebody like that. You know what he can and can't do. You know what his faults are. You know, he's kind of a truck, but you also know he's a destroyer. So 
it is good just for in that instance. So um, you have that consistency in your gameplay and in your game. And, and, and yeah, that, I'm, I'm kind of a mix of both because that's how I mainly get my enjoyment out of the game is trying out new cards and new formations. But um, it, that, I think that is definitely important. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of like you, John. I don't necessarily have the, the best coin management, club management, to be able to try a bunch of players every week. But I do my best. Uh, now that we have League SBCs, I'm starting to pack some uh, some tradable guys I can try on the team as well. So I've actually built a new team for this weekend to test. So that tells Ooh. you where I'm at. Yeah, not not an entire new team. A lot of them are guys I've already had on tradable in the club. But I did a rebuild, right? So definitely got uh, Tav in there. We got... Rat leader Ryan Kent in the team as well, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna give these guys a go and um, yeah, so that's what I do. This really changed for me. I used to be someone that needed the same players all the time, so like I would get um, so like if I had Gold Neymar, I would upgrade to the Headliners Neymar, then to the Tots Neymar, um, for example. And I don't know, something changed for me uh, last year. Some at some point in FIFA 22, I just really stopped caring, and I just want. I guess I stopped caring about trying to be my absolute best and. It has hurt my game. So if you do care about playing your absolute to your absolute like peak, like your best game, maybe you shouldn't be chopping and changing your team all the time. Like you guys mentioned, it's important to have that familiarity with those players. But if you do want something fresh and what you're getting your enjoyment out of is trying new players, definitely go ahead and try new players. It is fun. It's definitely um, cool to do this. And don't don't feel bad if, for example, you have like a Neymar that probably is better than this Ryan Kent like that gold Neymar, and you say, man, I don't want to go a weekend without using him. Gold Neymar will be there next year again as well. So Ryan Kent might not have this exact... <laughs> Ryan Kent might be a bad example, but he's going to have a card next year. But if there is a guy that will not have a card next year, use them instead. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I would I'd advocate for... Um, definitely go, on, go ahead and do... The, yeah, Ronaldo. If you're... Uh, if you're getting sick, yeah, you might have another flashback Ronaldo again, right? But uh, if you're getting sick of using your, if you need something fresh, it also doesn't, it, you're not helping your game by frustrating yourself by using these same guys that are frustrating you. So I, that's what I would say. Um, but yeah, we do have a few more questions, but I think we're going to leave that either for the guys midweek or we'll come back to them uh, next Friday just because we have so many and uh, we want to give you guys the your questions of proper respect and time they deserve. So I'm going to hand it back over to you, John. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you've listened to us this long and this far and normally listen to us, we appreciate your support. Um, love all of you and love interacting with all of you. And you can interact with us on Twitter at your FIFA podcast. So please do follow us. Uh, talk to us. Tell us we're shit. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Even more so. That'd be great. I love praise. Uh, and hate criticism so be kind or or i love bantering too you can do that too and also if you want please do leave us a five-star review on whatever uh, platform you do listen to us which you can also find on our twitter page in our link tree um we have a multitude of platforms that we uh distribute our podcast and publish our that publish our podcast so whatever your poison is spotify apple amazon google you know it's going to be there on that link tree so that's a great uh place to go and also has a link to our discord um it is still the foot fix discord they may have changed the name 
but that's what it is and that's what it'll always be so uh talk to us in there i know a lot of you have joined sean you've joined recently i know our guy brivet have joined and um come debate with us and fight with us about kareem benzema's possible team of the year nomination or just talk about fifa in general so um what about you martin I'm on Twitter at Chopsui underscore FIFA. So come give me a follow and I'll be happy to talk to you. Yeah, and then you can find me over at KevinK93LFC on Twitter and on Twitch. I will likely stream this weekend, so come say hi to me and I'll, I'll say hi back. And if you want to watch uh, the coolest dad in the FIFA scene stream, <laughs> you can find <laughs> You can find me at John Bridges 34 on Twitch and Twitter. And again, our uh, podcast page is at your FIFA podcast on Twitter. So that'll wrap us up, boys. So remember, when this game gets you down and frustrated, and this will be the second time I mention this, just take a little siesta, a maintenance, you know, just tell tell somebody you're going to take a nap or something in a very crucial point in your life or maybe it's at work you know you're trying to get something done you're like nah i need to take some maintenance bro you know if you, if you need these eight rivals wins to stack up your team of the year packs and ea just decides no we're not going to let you play and then we're not going to let you play for three more hours you know just just take that maintenance and, and fuck you ea for doing that just pick any other fucking time to do maintenance literally any other time any other time there's maybe squad battles rewards. You don't want to do that before, but rivals when that's the main game mode everybody plays and that you want them to play and you're driving them away from it even more so. Um, so just fuck off and fuck off with your maintenance and your shitty patch. And remember, it's nothing but a foot thing, baby. Take care. Peace. Peace.